Climbers, can artists that have gone viral on TikTok or elsewhere transition into becoming long-term superstar acts? Big machine label group Scott Bruschetta says every single TikTok artist that they've signed has not worked. So should you be on TikTok? Welcome to the climb! This is a show dedicated to helping singers, songwriters, and indie artists like you get leverage in the music industry. Leverage is what you're going to need to get to the label, to get to the management, to get to the publishing, to get to the booking agent. Everybody's going to come out of the woodwork when you have traffic, and traffic creates leverage. That's why we called it Climb, C-L-I-M-B, creating leverage in the music business. See what we did there? <laughs> that was a backstream created by my good friend and co-host, Mr. Brent Baxter, who is also an award-winning hit songwriter with cuts by Randy Jackson. Uh, Randy Jackson with cuts by... <laughs> Yo, dog. With cuts by Alan Jackson, Randy Travis, Lady A, Joe Nichols, and more. Last couple of years, he's had a couple number ones in Southern Gospel as well. And uh, the train keeps on truck. And what I love about my good friend here, Brent, is he teaches songwriters like you to become pro by revealing how you write like a pro, do business like a pro. And then on the regular, he gives you the opportunity to connect with pros and create and deepen relationships, which is the final sort of step to get you on into the end zone there. You can find Brent very easily at songwritingpro.com. Once again, that's songwritingpro.com. And I would like to introduce you to my co-host, Johnny Dwinnell. Johnny owns Daredevil Production. They're breaking artists digitally by identifying new fans through data. Yeah, it's complicated, but Johnny, you know, he's, he's got the big old brain. If you're an artist looking to increase your streams, blow up your video views, sell more live show tickets, and get discovered by new fans, TV, and music industry pros, then Daredevil Production can help. Daredevil has worked with multi-platinum artists like Colin Ray, Tracy Lawrence, Ty Herndon, and Andy Griggs. Just to name a few, you can find Johnny at DaredevilProduction.com. That is production singular, no S, and there is no S because there is no other Johnny D. What's up? Do my best to be your hype man. <laughs> I appreciate you, man. I can't yes, be my own hype man today. I barely have a voice left after the uh, Queensryche Judas Priest concert. That was epic. Losing my voice. Losing my voice. Losing my voice. Losing my voice. I love that you know that, dude. That's I'm so impressed, man. I'm so freaking impressed. That was amazing. Uh, well, you know. Yeah, the PR company that works with priests, I've worked with them on a couple of things before, and so I got hooked up on tickets. And my boy Mike Stone, who I grew up with, taught me guitar back in Lake Geneva, Wisconsin, is uh, the guitar player in Queens right now. So that's it's kind of fun. Got to catch up with the uh, some with an old friend uh, who nice. I'm pretty sure I have him and the lead singer from Queens like corralled into coming on to song title challenge. Dude, that'd be cool. awesome. I would love that. So cool. And, um, and then, Oh, and the other thing was guess like, so funny, dude. I, so I went and I took my buddy, Brian Smith is, uh, he, he started that band uh, called here come the mummies back in 2000. And they did really, really well. Now he's got a, uh, like this badass uh, Def Leppard tribute band that just is amazing, right? Heart <clears throat> and- of Hearing Leopard? <laughs> yes, Heart of Hearing Leopard. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and he's just an incredible singer. I was like, hey, man, you want to go to this thing with me? Because I had an extra ticket and it wasn't really like Janelle's bag. You know, she was yeah. like, yeah, I'll pass. And um, so he went with me. So we get in. It was at the Nashville um, 
municipal auditorium mm-hmm. and we get in there and I see Grimy, man, you know, who owns the basement in the basement East, right? Grimy's like, oh. I knew you'd be at the show. And I was like, <laughs> yes, student. I was like so excited to see him. And then we go, uh, we hit a pee real quick. And so we run out, we go into the, the band was already on and we go find our seats and who am I sitting right next to or standing right next to Grimy and yeah. his buddy from Sony records who got the, who got him in there. It was like, Dude, it was awesome, man. That That's great. That's such great. a metalhead. It was fantastic. So, <laughs> and, and by the way, vulgar display of prowess on both bands. Like Rob Halford, I don't know how old he is. He's got to oh. be pushing 70. Yeah. Dude, he hit all the notes. Like when I saw him back in the 80s, man, he hit all the notes. And wow. it was like so freaking amazing. It was just so good. So, anyway, um, so today we are going to talk about, I, I, there's this article that came out in Digital Music News. Scott Bruchetta kind of said out loud what all the labels have been feeling and a bunch of people are starting to resonate with him on uh, the fact that there's a bunch of, let's, we'll call them TikTok artists, but it's not just on TikTok. They're YouTube stars, TikTok stars, whatever. Mm-hmm. And the ones who had enough traffic that got really big deals, like so mm-hmm. far, absolutely zero of them have worked out. They, they they're bust right yeah we're going to kind of dig into this article a little bit and dig into what's happening but i my spidey sense goes off and tells me that people are going to use this as an excuse to not get on tiktok or they're going to take the wrong lesson they're yeah, going to learn yeah, the wrong I, lesson thank you that's a better way to describe it that's why you're yeah. the word man yeah i want to make sure that you understand what the lesson here is and 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 you're framing it right so that's mm-hmm. where we're going to have from that but before we do that let's take care of a little business join us on the climb community on facebook it's a awesome facebook group you can find it at facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash the climb community you have to ask to be let in we let everybody in but uh and we got. We want to hear about your wins. We want to hear about your gigs. We want to hear about everything. You get to shout it from the treetops, but you got to do it in the right place. If you do it in the feed, uh, it, that's frowned upon in this establishment, and you will be um, dealt with accordingly. So uh, <laughs> make sure you put your, your stuff in the right place, right? Do we have any wins that we want to talk about there? We do, and as I'm pulling it up here, because I forgot about that, let me get here. We do have some good ones. All right, here we go. Uh, yeah, we have some oh, a lot of comments. Which one am I going to go through? We have a lot of wins going on in the climb community. So every Wednesday we post the new heights segment, which is your chance and, and your invitation. We want you to come on and and let us know how you're doing. And it's it's you know if you're looking to make some connections, this is a good way to kind of like humble brag on yourself because we're asking you to. So you're just being a good team mm-hmm. player to tell us what's going on with you. And that can get a little attention or you can comment on other people's stuff. And, and so they go, Oh, who's that to comment on my, Oh, wow. They got some stuff going on too. So it's a, it's a good, you know, water cooler and, and chit chat spot. So let's see here. Um, Mike McCorson said on uh, SoundClick charts this week, six songs and, in different genres are doing well. So I'm not super familiar with uh sound click, but Mike is on there and, and making some stuff happen there. June Bianca Lana, which is again, one of my favorite names of any, let's say the climber hall of fame name. That's uh, like an I, artist. That is an artist name. That's just like Bianca Lana. Bianca Lana. Yeah. Bianca Lana. I kind of want to say Bianca Lanka, but anyway, Bianca <laughs> Lana, I just, I probably have said that anyway. I just had a song picked up for a direct-to-music supervisor pitch for uh, TV reality shows via Broad Jam. Also gained some listeners on Spotify, so congrats on that. Yeah. Um, 
Let's see. Sunday Toad Graham had three songs uh, that she submitted to NSI this month were selected as ones to watch. She says it only took two years of being a member to make that happen. Uh, know what that tells me? I'm a much better songwriter than I was two years ago. And Johnny, you jumped in with some great knowledge on that one. A uh, great perspective on it. I had a comment. Yeah. Yes. Uh, of yeah. course, hashtag vulgar display of prowess and <laughs> intellectual honesty. Uh, you know, you said you could have easily processed it as NSA finally, NSAI finally got smarter. <laughs> they finally yeah. got their act together to notice the brilliance has been there all along. But Sunday Joe took the the more helpful tack of look how much I've grown and she's still growing and wanting to get better. And so that bodes well for her future success. So good job pointing that out, Johnny. Yeah, uh, and good job. And congrats to all those writers that have that stuff going on, including Sunday Joe. I think that's great. So yeah. So I love that, have, man. So, yeah, we have several more. We don't have time to get into just too much winning. No, too, too, many, much winning. Too, too, too many winning. Too much winning going on. That's right. But hey, join the community, guys. This is you know singers, songwriters, indie artists, indie musicians helping each other out. Uh, you know, getting co-writes together, offering different kind of promo strategies that are working, sharing stuff. It's a very active community, and we want you to be a part of it. Make sure you follow or subscribe to the podcast wherever you are consuming your podcast. Leave a rating review on iTunes still while we can still do that. And finally, uh, and we haven't checked those in a while. I don't think we got any more, but we need to, we need <laughs> to go check in. That's true. Yeah. And then finally, tell a friend about it. I mean, if you're doing this, uh, spending this amount of time with us guys every single week, it's be, it's for a reason. And it, it, you're getting something out of it. If there's something in it for you, tell another artist, tell another writer, tell another musician let them know, turn them on to what's happening. And uh, we want to help them too. That's the best way you can honor Brent and I, right? That's right. So let's get into this thing. Um, I had a number of climbers send me this article. So I'm not, I, I want to give a shout out to all of them. You know who you are, but there's a bunch of them. So I'm just not going to go down. I didn't compile the list. And I'm afraid <laughs> if I mention some people and don't mention others, <laughs> I'm going right. to come off like a jerk and I don't want to do that. So I just want to thank everybody who, you know, sent, they send me this stuff, right? There's, there's a lot of articles that I get. I love it. But this is uh, the title of this is in digital music news. It came out March 21st and it says, is the music music industry wasting money on viral artists? Mm. People are signing these artists and they're screeching to a red light. Last month, big machine label group topper Scott Shetta splashed cold water on the music industry's TikTok obsession. Now others are echoing Barchetta's statements and questioning the industry's unhealthy penchant for signing viral artists quote unquote artists and they put artists mm. in quotes for a reason yeah perhaps the billion dollar question is this can artists that have gone viral on tiktok or elsewhere transition into becoming long-term superstar acts that is becoming a more serious question as the hangover settles in over a string of knee-jerk viral signings now, second music industry leaders are, I'm sorry, now seasoned music industry leaders are increasingly saying it out loud. Last month in Nashville during, during CRS, Big Machine Label Group Chief Scott Braschetta offered a bleak assessment on a frenzy of TikTok signings. Not any of those TikTok artists that got signed to big deals have worked, Braschetta stated soberly. None hmm. of them, not yet. I'm not saying it won't, but none of them yet. Yeah. And he said, uh, to be clear, I'm not including Fancy Like, which um, was a huge moment. Walker Hayes, mm -hmm. uh, God bless him. He's been doing this for a long time, and everybody's very excited about that. 
but he had been he had been working on that. I'm talking about mm. a brand new artist who got a big record deal because of TikTok in that moment. Mm-hmm. More broadly, others are now questioning whether the industry is simply doing it wrong when it comes to viral again artists is in quote. When it comes to viral artists, that includes longtime Disney music group A&R executive Mia Vukovic, who added to the skepticism on Monday at Muse Expo's Creative Summit in Burbank, California. Quote, there are so many moments in which my staff will come to me and say, this person's having this incredible streaming spike. Then I'll meet them and then I'll hear the other songs and think, what happens next? After this wave is done, none of the other material even comes close, end quote. It, uh, it seems like people are signing these artists and they're screeching to a red light and because perhaps this artist isn't even equipped to have the talent to repeat this event that's happened that got them so big. So I just want to start unpacking this a little bit. There's more to this article that we'll get into. But my fear is that, yeah, people, the wrong lesson's going to be taken from this, that mm-hmm. people are going to begin to think that um, somehow you can get a bad stain on your brand if you have traffic on TikTok yeah. or, or uh, YouTube or whatever. Yeah. And, and the I'm way- hoping that the labels don't take the wrong lesson from it either. They no, they won't. Well, so you know, we'll dig into a little bit more. Like on okay. on, I, I think. I mean, here's what's in, here's the big takeaway for me on this. Okay, number one is remember the some of you some climbers are too young to remember this, but remember the dot com boom, Brent. Mm-hmm. So this is human nature, right? You have a financial entity like a financial arena like Wall Street which uh, prices a stock based on the fundamental building blocks and the fundamental uh, KPIs, you know, key performance indicators of each company that's gone public, right? Like mm-hmm. uh, how much profit they made, uh, how, you know, what how kind of debt they're in. Uh, you know, there's all kinds of things that factor in, but it's very, yeah. very nuts and bolts when it comes to valuations and there's there's ebbs and flows but during the late 90s uh, we got intoxicated with all these dot-com companies that were coming out and there was just boatloads of these companies that were getting first of all major venture capital money right like millions of dollars in venture capital money to develop their business and then they were going public and they were selling shares of stock for hundreds of dollars per share of stock for a company that hasn't even made a dollar in profit yet. It was just right. completely based on the idea that this was going to go get like one of the big wrecks. One of the big uh, Titanics at that time was, was a company called Webvan, which kind of does what Instacart does now, right? Like it oh. just wasn't the right time for it, but they essentially would deliver groceries to your house. Oh, wow. Um, and it was this big company and they had, you know, all this infrastructure. Of course, they got to have all these vans and all these cities oh. and a, a boatload of money was put into it. It was just a major, major bust because the market wasn't ready to shift there. But yeah, long story short, at the end of the day, if the company, if the fundamental value of that company, which is 
we have a product, we sell this product or service, and we make a profit on that product or service. So there's a market for the product or service. There's people that want to spend money on this product or service. And we figured out a way to you know, solve this problem, create this solution and make money and also make a profit on it. That's what makes a stock valuable. Mm-hmm. Okay. It's not an idea. And the bottom fell out in 2000 and we had the dot-com crash where just all of a sudden it, 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 the chickens came home to roost. It Somebody was Somebody looked at the emperor and said, you got no clothes on. Exactly right. Yeah. And so naked. I feel like that's what's happening here. Yeah. Think about it from a label perspective. If you're Scott Braschetta, you know what isn't working radio yeah you know as everything far as breaking new artist as far as breaking new artists radio isn't doing the trick and you know you take a guy like scott bruschetta who is a i mean basically music industry royalty yeah his parents were very successful in the industry he's very successful in this industry it's not by accident this dude knows exactly what he's doing you yeah. know I, I put yourself in that position i mean everything like Think about what you do for a living and how you make your money. And that's dependable. It's repeatable. You count on it. Mm -hmm. And I mean, like if you're a construction worker and you show up to every day and you've got a hammer and you go to work and you're building houses and then one day the hammer just stops working, but the nails still need to be pounded. Like, (laughs) but, but hammers don't pound nails anymore. Now, what do you do? That's the kind of rug that got pulled out from underneath the music industry when radio stopped delivering market penetration. Yeah. So you're desperate, aren't you? Mm-hmm. And, and in desperation, they turned to something that they did not understand. Exactly. And oh, yeah. I, I also want to point out that these, they're, they're describing these artists multiple times the Vukovic from Disney Bruschetta from Big Machine Label Group, they're describing them as quote-unquote viral artists. Mm-hmm. So this isn't like an artist that had like one thing that blew up. Mm-hmm. Okay, and it's, it's, it's what was it? So let's just break down the fundamentals of this. What was, why were they even attracted to it to begin with? Because their normal pipeline, the label's normal pipeline isn't working, right? Right. What was it that attracted them to that artist? How did they get on the radio screen? Traffic. hmm Right? Yep. A boatload of traffic, I'm sure. And if you, by the way, go to, I recommend this, go to any major label, Warner, Sony, Universal, click on the artist roster, and start looking, start clicking on the artists that you don't know. Yeah. The ones that aren't famous. And you're going to find a massive amount of those are TikTok and YouTube stars. Hmm. Right. Or they're supremely talented artists. And if you don't know who they are, there's a really good chance your socials are probably better than theirs. You know? Yeah. You know, I'm afraid that artists are going to look at this and just be like, ah, you know, TikTok's bad. Yeah, this is bad. I don't want to be. I don't want to be seen as like a joke, right? I, I want to be taken seriously. Mm-hmm. And and I, what was attractive here was the traffic. Well, it's kind of the same concept as American Idol 
the voice, right? Yep. Yeah. I mean, that has about the same track record as TikTok as far as breaking artists. I mean, it's I a little bit better. Right. You have a Carrie Underwood, you have a Kelly Clarkson, uh, yeah. you know, a few, few Daughtry, you have a few that. Scotty McCreary. Yeah. Scotty McCreary, yeah. He's, he's kind of back, baby. It's almost like it's almost like a fresh start for him, you know? Uh-huh. He feel like he kind of went away, and now he's back stronger than ever. And it's, yeah. Uh, Miranda Lambert was on National Star the first season. But so yeah. that actually has a better record. But anyway. Yeah. Still not a good track record of making stars. Well, they didn't make the stars, but they're probably getting and, and Yeah. So they're just trying to find talent, but it's not necessarily the criteria for an artist. Yeah. Well, let's let's go down a little bit more in this article here. So according to Vukovic, who's the A&R guy from uh, head of A&R at Disney, the current process for signing artists has shifted dramatically over the past few decades. And the current process often overlooks critical aspects related to long-term sustainability. Mm-hmm. In the past, you had artists that were getting signed regionally because they were the biggest thing in their city. The Disney A&R continued. They have proof of concept. Jane's Addiction and Guns N' Roses were the biggest bands in Los Angeles. Mm -hmm. They were selling out multiple nights and they were unsigned acts. They had been refining their songs and their talent for years. They'd played hundreds of shows and then they got signed. Mm -hmm. Contrast that to Today, when an artist is blowing up on TikTok and that triggers a major label bidding war, that shift alone offers one possible explanation for why catalog artists are dramatically outstreaming contemporary acts. I mean, that's an interesting take on it. I don't know yeah. how I feel about that. But um, Vukovic further deconstructed viral, quote unquote, by pointing out that the sources of the viral surge are often unclear. Mm. That's a critical problem, especially given the difficulty of determining if there's any there, there. Yeah. And that's a specific two theirs. Okay. So you, you <laughs> don't know where it's from, Vukovic continued. Spotify supports a lot of independent acts and shows the power that they have through playlisting. People get a shot, but you really have to vet them out and see for yourself if this is real. You know, does it speak to me? Does it feel like a real artist? Is this mm-hmm. somebody that can draw? people and sell tickets well we've talked uh, about that before i mean are you just did you happen to land on a very popular playlist or is it are they going streaming it from your page they're looking for you and they went to hear your songs those are yeah. very different things hello pantheon podcast listeners christian swain here to tell you more about my experience with raycon earbuds our family now has three pairs of Raycon earbuds around the house. And my wife just grabbed a pair of the headphone pros to replace some headphones from a company that was double the price. And yes, she loves them. Now, if you haven't pulled the trigger on a pair of Raycons, or even if you have, but you're in the market for another pair because they're just that good, well, now is the time to check them out because they just launched their upgraded model of the best-selling everyday earbuds. With Raycon's upgraded everyday earbuds, now you also get active noise cancellation, ergonomic design, and multi-point connectivity that lets you pair with two devices at once. New quick charge function, three customizable sound styles plus awareness mode, available in a variety of vibrant new colors to complement any and all skin tones. I even have a pair of earbuds in a cool green color. I have tried just about every earbud known to humankind, and these Raycons are fantastic. 
Seriously, if you've been wanting to check out Raycons, there truly is no better time. You're going to ask yourself why you didn't check them out sooner, and Raycon offers a 30-day happiness guarantee. So, what are you waiting for? Go to buyraycon.com slash pantheon today to get 20% off your Raycon order, plus free shipping. That's right, you'll get 20% off and free shipping at buyraycon.com slash pantheon. Buyraycon.com slash pantheon. Yeah. And I, I, I think, so now what are they doing? So they go and they do the intoxicated thing first, the hangover sets in, and now they're going to go. They still don't have a dependable, repeatable pipeline for okay. breaking artists. You can be a seat filler at the Grammys and a lot of people are going to see your face. That is yeah. not why they're tuning in. That's right. There you go. There and you actually, go. A lot of them aren't tuning in anymore anyway, but you get my but point. But you want to be, you listen, it has to be real. Like you want, like it's still going to be traffic. Traffic still has to be king. Yeah. And you still need to absolutely unequivocally be on TikTok and be on YouTube and, and create traffic there. And that's how you're going to get to your, your audience, first of all, label yeah. or no label. Right. Um, you, you need to make that happen. And, and it is not going to be, it's not going to put you in a bad light. It's not going to take any of the weight off of your brand or it's not going to make you look like a cheese ball or anything uh -huh. like that. I think real artists are real artists and the labels are going to know that. And if you can, create consistent traffic because what's the point about being viral is they got like one thing that happened yeah okay but if you have one thing that happened and that gets you a lot of attention but then you've got like three or four other songs that come out that maybe didn't go viral but have like healthy traffic mm -hmm. and and it's building then you know that's 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 the deal well i mean a viral TikTok song, whatever, or YouTube, that's not a business. Yeah. That's a, that's a thing that happened. It's a lottery ticket winner. It's a, yeah. It's a thing that happened. It's different than a business. It can be a wonderful thing and you do want to get those numbers up and stuff. But, but I think what we're getting at is that's not enough. That's not a business. You still have to build a business if you want to sustain long-term success. Yeah. Yeah. So label or no I, label. I, I don't want anybody like just misconstruing this to feel like it's going to, cause I still, I, I still have that. Actually, I just had this with a, a, a an artist that I think is going to be a new client of mine mm -hmm. who was referred to me by a, a dear friend of mine. Who's a, an incredible artist and producer and writer mm -hmm. and who I'm, whom, who I've worked with. It's our, it was our first meeting and we're just getting to know one another and I want to know what he wants to do. And, to see if there's a way that we can add value to his journey. And mm -hmm. one of the things that he used to do, so this is artist uh, now has a house in Nashville, but uh, just recently bought a house in Nashville. He's mainly from Orange County, California. Okay? Mm -hmm. And he's doing, obviously he's doing his own artist thing, but also like right before COVID, he had built up this like really awesome neil diamond tribute thing okay because he can sing the fire out of some neil diamond and sound like him mm -hmm. you know and so 
here's the thing. It was creating cash flow for him. Yeah. You know, and uh, so what I'm about to describe to you, to be clear, is where people who understand broadcast blur into digital and they think it has the same kind of powers because I've got, and I, and I've told this to this artist, I said, you have an emotional bank account as, as well as a a monetary bank account. Yeah. And it's going to take a long runway to get you going on your personal brand name. Mm -hmm. And if your emotional bank account keeps getting drained because you're putting out all this money and it's not uh, getting anything in return, our relationship is going to be short and (laughs) you're not going to give it the time that it needs to do that. And so I suggested when he showed me this Neil Diamond stuff, I said, bro, like you could make bank on this. So, so an idea of the kind of banks, this is um, my buddy, Brian Smith, who I went to the concert with last night, he started here come the mummies back in like 2000, right? Which was this huge, national act that just they made everybody in that band made like six figures nice just going around you know doing doing that stuff he's an amazing singer amazing musician and now he has a Def Leppard tribute band here in Nashville right Mm -hmm. so for those of you who aren't familiar with Nashville on Broadway those you get paid a really ridiculously low base amount if you're in one of the original sort of honky tonks on Broadway the stage or like Tootsies, you're getting 50 bucks a man for a four hour set. That's your base pay plus tips. Now they make a boatload of tips during the summer. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. So the newer corporate stuff that's come in, like Dirk Bentley, like um, O-Red from Blake Shelton and, mm-hmm. and uh, Luke Bryan's club and that, they pay a higher amount. They'll pay like a $700 base pay for the band to do a four hour set uh, plus tips. But still, that's, it's, still pretty freaking low right yeah B- because they, they know they're going to get a lot of tips but mm-hmm. brian comes on and so there's this new sort of area that's just been built up called fifth and broad did you ever see that when you were here in town have you seen that yeah it's where it, the it, old convention center used to be it's like tucked yeah. in there yeah uh-huh, uh-huh. yeah so there's like a boatload of restaurants and some shops and there's like this amazing live f- stage outside facility upstairs on the roof oh cool huge stage you can put national act on there and I don't know how many people you can fit on that roof, but it's a lot. Yeah. Man. The first time he went in there with the Def Leppard thing, they paid him 1800 bucks, bro. Hmm. And they weren't even charging a cover. Wow. You know? And, and I was talking about it last night. I'm like, dude, that's incredible. Cause yeah, that was the first time. The second time we got more. I'm like, shut the front door, dude. You, you're making <laughs> that kind of base pay on Broadway. Yeah. That's, that's more the almost triple. What? the highest paying clubs are doing for that. So it's cash flow, right? Mm-hmm. And, and so with this guy, this artist doing the Neil Diamond thing, uh, I'm like, dude, that's cash flow. And I said, here's the most important thing. Do you love to do it? Does it scratch an itch? He's like, dude, I have the best time doing that. I'm like, then let's do that first and mm-hmm. just get some money going on that. Because if you're offsetting even just a little bit of what you're going to be paying me, and we yeah. have to pay for ads to get the kind of market penetration that we need. You're going to feel better about it. Yeah. You know, and at worst case scenario, it's going to make your runway a lot longer. Yeah. You're going to give yourself more time. It's, it's going to fulfill your emotional bank account. And uh, best case scenario, it, it, we build it up to this 
killer thing. And, you know, you're doing, so my buddy who produces him mm-hmm. and writes with him, like, and it might have been, because I had this conversation yesterday, it might have been a, a, just a bad day for my friend who turned me on to this artist or whatever. But he just kind of was like turned off by it. He's like, I don't know. Like he just sort of felt like it's going to be bad for the brand. And, I, and I'm telling the artist, I said, who the hell's going to associate you with that Neil Diamond tribute thing? Yeah. It's not going to cheapen you. It, it's it, it's just creating cash flow. It's a different name. Can, it's a different brand. He doesn't go by his own name on there. So it's exactly okay. And so so, but if you were doing that on TV or on a broadcast thing, it mm. could it, you're seeing your face. It could happen. It you know, I said I told the artist. I said you're going to need to have two separate social media accounts. One for the the diamond mm. thing and and one for yourself. He's like, oh yeah, I know that. And I'm like, I don't think you have anything to worry about. I don't think it's going to flood over. Like nobody's going to. And you can't sell like your artist crap at the Neil Diamond thing. Right. Yeah. You have to keep them separate. But you have to keep them separated. But it's all about being able to afford to create that traffic and doing that on TikTok, doing that on YouTube, and understanding that it's about traffic is, I think it's the hardest lesson for the industry pros to get their head around. Yeah. I think, you know, you know I'm thinking the other night when we went, we went out to see that show, um, you know, there are a lot of kind of TikTok famous artists that performed that night. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it seemed like every artist was like millions of streams and either like, this oh, is yeah. my new single. And like everybody had a single and millions of streams. And some of them I knew who they were and some of them I didn't. And some of them were way more polished than others. Mm-hmm. Some of you go, that's a pro. The other one's like, yeah, they got a song. Or two, yep. you know, like you tell, like I don't think they've been playing out much. Now, granted, they're young, and we've been in COVID for the last couple of years. They probably haven't had as much opportunity, right? Good point. Good um, point. So, some grace there. But you could you could tell a difference in some of those some of those artists that played. You're like, okay, you got millions of streams, but I can tell you're not doing a bunch of live shows. Again, maybe yeah. not their fault. COVID, that kind of stuff happens. It's the world we live in. But you know. It's like if somebody goes and what if they check out more than just your TikTok and they go to a show and they go, whoa, they got some work to do there. You know, just the yeah. between the song banter, just owning the stage, stage presence, all that kind of stuff. It's, it's a different thing. And are you are you selling stuff? Right. Are you? Yeah. Like even if they're like, well, yeah, we've learned that just being viral and having means of streams doesn't mean you're going to be a successful artist. OK, but it, it may get you in the door it may go where it's not a deal closer, but it might be a door opener, right? Going, oh, yeah. they got those kind of numbers. Let's look more deeply. And you're like, well, yeah, but I'm pulling this much on merch. Oh, okay. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. that's real. That's right. That's right. And I mean, and I think and the other part of that too is I feel like they got some attention from something that went viral. And mm-hmm. then some, and some of them are really smart at this. Like they just, they, 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 they get that wind in the sails and then they know how to, they make it happen for this next song or this next song. And yeah. they use that to get some they're collaborations working. and they're doing it. And, yeah, they're and then you, yeah. And you get some love on Spotify. So then you keep getting on editorial playlists mm-hmm. and things of that nature, but they're also not branding either. Like at that level, right? Like mm-hmm. it's, the, it's, it's a song that went viral. Yeah. You're not necessarily associating it with a specific 
artist. Yeah. And again, because there's no market penetration that's really happening. It's like it's like mm-hmm. a, a lot of streams. One thing or that was a, a viral me. video. Yeah. One thing that was interesting to me the other day is uh, at the show, Thomas Matt came out and mm-hmm. I was like, oh, I know who that is. Right. I couldn't tell mm-hmm. you any of his songs, but, you know, I'd see him on Instagram at the 615 house and or TikTok. And he's just he's got a, a really engaging personality. He's funny. He's a guy that does like, let's see if we can make this song country. They'll sing, yeah. you know, something, make it really country. And he's got a good sense of humor and he's just a likable dude. I don't know him, yeah. but, you know, he was there. I was like, oh, I know who that is. I couldn't tell you any of his songs. But then um, there's another artist that sang, which I didn't know her at all. The name kind of rang a bell. But then she played her second song or third song. I was like, oh, I know that song. I've heard that several times on streaming. I like that song. Yeah. I had no idea yeah. who she was. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So it's interesting. I, like you got the two ends of it. They're both apparently getting one. I know Thomas Mack has a boatload of TikTok you know, followers and views and all that stuff. The other artist, I don't know, but I heard her stuff on some streaming playlist. And that song stuck out to me because it's a really good song. It's kind of interesting. They're coming from, from different angles. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, uh, you know, they, they build up that audience and also keep in mind too, like when we're talking about TikTok and also currently Instagram reels, right. They're getting Mm -hmm. a lot of algorithmic love Mm -hmm. because they're early. Yeah. But then that algorithmic love ultimately will go away, Mm -hmm. right? You're not going to reach everybody organically that you're reaching now. They're going to throttle that down. Yeah. So you have this audience that you've worked to build, but if you don't realize that you're not reaching everybody when you post, uh, you're going to need to think about it differently, aren't you? You're and need an email list and push out content. Like yeah. it, you know, there's, there's you you can't. We we talked about this before. Like it, even if you're a friggin' superstar like George Michael, who by the time he released his second indie record after leaving. Wham mm-hmm. had sold 40 million records. <laughs> yeah. And the label stepped on that record and, and, and wouldn't promote it. Right. Do you know that story? Uh, I think you've told it on here before, but go ahead. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's George Michael had a, a key man clause in his contract with mm-hmm. Walter Yetnikov. George Michael was signed to CBS records, not to Sony. Yeah. Okay, and Walter Yetnikoff was the president and, and I think one of the last executives who was just truly in awe of artists. Mm-hmm. So he wasn't like a hard ass. He was a very shrewd, very good businessman, but it, like he would fight for artists and get them what they wanted and not just dollars and cents the crap out of it. And if it didn't look good on a spreadsheet, he's going to say no, you know? Yeah. So therefore, a lot of the artists that were signed under that CBS umbrella, like Springsteen, uh, and in, in, in George Michael's one of them had key man clauses. If this guy goes, mm-hmm. my contract's null and void. Okay. Yeah. Because then they don't feel like they're going to get that champion at the label that they had. And <clears throat> so CBS gets bought by Sony. Walter Yetnikoff goes. Tommy Matola comes in. He's mm. a total hard on, right? And he's just like, uh, he's all he wants to do is impress the Japanese. Mm. George Michael. That second album, Listen Without Prejudice, Volume 1, is his, it, it was his masterpiece. It was, uh, everything had come to this point. It was just so beautiful. And that first song, Praying for Time, was so heavy on the lyrics that he creates the first 
arguably the first lyric video. Hmm. And it's pissing Tommy Mottola off because <laughs> Joe, he wants George in there shaking his ass in the jeans with the leather jacket and, yeah, and, and, and looking cute. And, the, yeah. And, and yeah. And so the point being, they squashed that record. That record should have sold, I mean, more than Faith sold. Yeah. And it only sold like 8 million copies, which is like, oh, you're like, oh, poor guy. But that's a hmm. huge disappointment compared to what happened. Why did it only sell that? Because the label didn't promote it. Yeah. Because Tommy Mottola was like, you're going to be like my bitch or I, I got 500 artists. You got one career. What do you want to do? Yeah. You know what I mean? And, and they, he just went head to head with George and George didn't give a damn. I mean, he, if you go back and listen to, and watch that freedom 91 video, mm -hmm. that's George giving the middle finger to Matola yeah. because he's like, Oh, you want beautiful people shaking their butts in the music video. Okay. Here's and so he hired all his supermodel friends to go and lip sync the songs. Mm -hmm. And then he blew up the jukebox that was in the faith video mm -hmm. and he lit the jet and he blew up the guitar that was in the faith video and he lit the jacket. He was wearing the faith video on fire. Yeah. <laughs> and he's like, here's, here's what I think your idea is. <laughs> he just didn't give a crap, you know? Yeah. But th that label had the chance to squash that, right? Cause he was wasn't getting he didn't get the market penetration mm -hmm. like right. on purpose you know so i don't know i just i think that's what we need to focus on. i need to focus on market penetration and if you can get that on tiktok you need to be on tiktok it's a place where uh you can get that hook to happen and and to drill that into people's heads don't have a bad attitude about this article if you hear about this it's 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 true that the labels made a mistake, which seems unfathomable. It's just as silly as why would Wall Street ever, ever, <laughs> why would anybody pay $400 for a share of stock from a company that hasn't even made $1? Right, yeah. Right, forget about being profitable or not. There's no cash flow. Mm -hmm. It's an idea, right? Right. It's a well-funded idea that has zero zero leverage in the marketplace right now. And, and that's what they're doing here at the label thing. So don't let that dissuade you focus on that traffic, man, focus on creating traffic on YouTube, creating traffic on TikTok, and focus on being an artist. If you're actually an artist, if you've got the salt, if you've got what it takes, you're going to need that traffic no matter what. Yeah. That's all I got to say about that. It's a door opener, not a deal closer. That's right. It's not a career so, maker, but it's, it's a, it's, a, it's not a career breaker yeah. either. You know, I, I, I mean, I, so again, like with the cover thing, I, just one final point, like I was talking about this with that artist yesterday and, and I, I, you know, some of the broadcast people, right. will say, well, I just don't know about the cover thing. It's, you know, mm, if you feel like you could be branded wrong, you don't want to be known as a cover artist. And mm -hmm. then I just said, Hey man, what about the Beatles? You know? <laughs> yeah. First five records were 50% covers. Everybody forgets that. Yeah. You know, stones, first two records, all covers except for three songs. Led Zeppelin, first record, 50% covers. It's like, this is not reinventing the wheel here. And, and nobody thinks of them as cover artists. Why? Because they stopped doing it and then went on to their own stuff. But that was, was the crowbar. Stage the one rocket. Stage yeah, one rocket, exactly. right? So own it. Eat and, that crap for breakfast. <laughs> and then when you get big and you're doing like Kelly Clarkson does Kelly Oki, then yep. it's a cool yeah. thing. Like, oh, That's she's doing these other songs.
Exactly right. Exactly right. So, you know, be, be that artist. Do what it takes to be that artist. And, and if you blow up on TikTok, you're going to get all the attention that you want. And they're going to see that you're an artist because it'll be clear. That's not just mm-hmm. a, a one-hit wonder kind of thing. So anyway, guys, if you want to consult with me about that, we're available for consultation. Hit me up at info at daredevilproduction.com. Put consultation in the subject line. We will absolutely get together on that. And I can help you kind of craft your how to spend your budget and just tell you the, the best place to do it and, and help you put together some kind of strategy that's going to give you the market penetration that you need and uh, download the um, free PDF informational guide here. Whoever owns the traffic rules the road. It's at giftfromjohnny.com, J-O-H-N-N-Y, giftfromjohnny.com. Absolutely free. Just tell us where to send it and we will shoot it out to you. But this is going to help you untie that knot of broadcast and understand the difference between digital and broadcast to get you asking the right questions so that you get the right answers, right? This podcast exists because we want you to win. So keep on climbing. And we'll see you at the top. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points.